God, we love you, and we're just thankful to be in your presence again, and we're thankful to be able to come to this place to sing your praises, to open up your word, and to hear your words, uh, to hear the gospel, to hear stories that change and affect our faith. And God, I just pray that today would be the same as we continue on this stories series, as we hear another story from your word. Would we not just see it as, as a fun story that we can read in scripture, but would we see it as something that can be just so instrumental to growth in faith? God, every day we want to look more and more like you. May this story today that we go over help that process for us. God, I pray as you do every week that you would speak through me. God, the words that come out of my mouth, I pray that they are your words and not, not my words. No one came to hear from me today. We all come to hear from you. God, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are uh, continuing our story series. I was debating whether or not uh, to do a new series before we hit up Advent in the beginning of December. Can you believe it's already almost Advent time? Uh, but I think we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing some stories. Uh, I'm just not done. Uh, there's so many more stories in Scripture that I want to talk about. And so uh, we are going to do that. We're going to keep moving in Scripture through the month of November and the story series. Uh, but just, just a reminder of where we've been. We have talked so far about uh, Daniel and his ability just to stand strong in his faith, to stand up for what he believed in, to stand when he knew it would get him in trouble, but he, stand, he stood strong. He stood strong in his faith, and uh, that's what all of these stories teach us. The whole point of this series is how can we learn more? How can we, how can we grow in our faith by looking at some of these stories from Scripture, some of these stories that maybe we've just seen and thought of as Sunday school stories, and, and these are nice kids' stories, but, but they're there for a reason. There was a reason that these are in our Bible today. We can still learn from each and every one of these stories. And so from Daniel, we learn to stand strong. From, from Jonah, week two, we learn about this whole concept of calling and running from the call of God. In week three, we looked at Esther and looked at this dynamic between faith and risk and having risk being a catalyst for faith, uh, uh, jumping into a situation where we're not quite sure about everything to be able to, to do that and have that just be a catalyst for our faith. We can grow in our faith. Faith and risk are two sides of the same coin. Week four, we looked at Joshua and just the boldness that Joshua had and the boldness that Joshua was called to and that we're all called to. And then two weeks ago, week five, we looked at a man named Naaman and answered this question of, of needing an explanation from God. How do we move forward even knowing that we might not get any more explanation this side of the yes. Today, I want to move to the New Testament for a little bit, and I want to talk about a story uh, of, this is really kind of two stories in one. It's an encounter that Jesus has uh, with two different people. One of them is a father whose daughter is about to die, and one of them is a woman who has this disease. She's had it for 12 years, uh, and it's not going away. Both of them are determined. Both of them are desperate. Both of them have persistent faith. And I want to talk about what that looks like this morning to have a faith that is persistent, a faith that continues even when it might not make 
sense. And so I, I want to look at this story, and, but sometimes it's, it's tough to be persistent with our faith. It's tough to, to keep going sometimes. We feel like we've been, we've been praying and God is just not responding. Maybe God, it just feels like God is inattentive or he's not cooperating or he's late. And I have news for you this morning. Maybe you know this already. Sometimes God doesn't make sense. Sometimes we, we keep going and we keep going and it just doesn't make sense. It seems like, like God must just, maybe our prayers are just hitting the ceiling. Have you felt like that? Maybe God just isn't hearing me. Maybe God is, is ignoring me. Maybe God is too busy for me. Maybe I'm not good enough for God. And we have all of these feelings and we just feel like man, God just doesn't make sense. It's hard to be persistent in our faith sometimes because these are the feelings that we fall back on. And sometimes it's made worse, right? We're, we're in conversations and you know in your head what you've been praying for. You've been praying for some really deep and powerful things. You've been praying for, for people to be saved and for healing to happen and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then you talk to someone and you hear a story about how, how they were going to be late to work and they prayed that they would be on time and God changed all the green lights to, to, and they, were, they made it to work on time. And, and you're just thinking... I've been praying for so much deeper things. How, like, where are you? You're turning, green, you're turning lights green, but you're not answering my prayer? Like, what is going on? Or we hear about the, the one rainy day in Fresno when we had to go out and we had to go shopping, but we prayed that we would get a close parking spot. And God, man, there, I drove up and someone pulled out right in front of me. I got the very front parking spot in the grocery store, and thank God I got that. And you're just thinking, I just, I'm angry at you right now. Like those are the kinds of things you're praying about. I want you to just hear the things that I'm praying about and know that I'm not getting answers. I'm frustrated. Sometimes God just doesn't make sense. And it's hard to be persistent in our faith because sometimes we just get mad or discouraged. And so I think it's helpful for us to look at stories like the one we're going to look at today in Mark chapter 5, if you want to get there with me. Mark chapter 5, it's a story about people with persistent faith. And I think we can kind of get from this what persistent faith is and what it's, what it's not. But Mark chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 21. If you're in one of our pew Bibles on page 862. 862. <clears throat> and I'm just going to read through this and then we're going we're gonna to dive in and unpack this baby. So here we go. Starting at verse... 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Now this lake that they're talking about is actually the Sea of Galilee. I know I said I wasn't going to stop. I'm going to stop here for a second. Just so you can get a little context of where we are. We're by the Sea of Galilee right now. The Sea of Galilee uh, is about a third of the size of Lake Tahoe, just so you can get kind of a size, right? Uh, and this is where a lot of Jesus' ministry happened, right, right alongside this lake. So that's where we're at. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered for a great deal, or suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, 
she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talitha Kaum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Now, this, this passage here, I want to just, just unpack this passage, and I want to talk about what this passage teaches us about a persistent faith. There's a couple of things that this passage teaches us that persistent faith isn't. It's a great example of what persistent faith is not. And kind of our expectation of what, what faith should be sometimes, but it is, but it is not. Here's, here's the first thing that it teaches us, is that persistent faith doesn't determine the timing of God's response. Our faith does not determine the timing of God's response. I mean, the first guy that we meet, his name's Jairus. This is a man of influence. He's a man with resources. But right now, this man is a desperate man. His daughter is dying, and is not just dying, obviously. We read through the story. She's, she's, she's about to die. There is an urgency here in Jairus, and he knows that Jesus can heal her. And so he says, would you just come to my house and just, just touch her, and she will be healed. And so Jesus begins to, Jesus goes and at this point, you can, you can kind of sense that Jairus, you can just, if you put yourself in Jairus' shoes here, you can kind of sense that Jairus would have kind of, a, kind of a jolt of hope in him. Jesus is on his way to my house. My daughter is going to be healed today. I, I'm not going to have to see my daughter die. Jesus is coming to my house. Have you ever had that, that kind of jolt of hope there's kind of a, like a jolt of hope. It almost makes you a little more vulnerable, I think. Right? It's kind of like in sports. I, I think of a lot of in sports terms. It's like when your team is really far down, and then they make a comeback at the end of the game, and they still lose. It hurts a little more, doesn't it? Like, wouldn't you rather just be like, what was the point of that? You should have just given up at halftime and just gone home. Why don't you just, just take the L, Right? 
but they try and make a comeback, and it's almost like the Dodgers last week, right? They get an 18-inning game, and they win, and there's a little bit of hope, and it hurts just a little bit more, Bill, when they lose, right? Yeah, it hurts just a little bit more. Right, you can see Jairus here, though. You can see Jairus. Just, there's, there's hope in him. Jesus is coming to my house. My daughter is sick, but she's not going to be that way very much longer because Jesus is coming to my house. There's a renewed hope there. But Jairus' concern now is just one thing, timing. You've got to get to my house. You have to get to my house. My daughter is dying. And so they go. There's this mass of humanity that's following Jesus. They just... They're ready to see this miracle. They know what's about to happen. They know what Jesus can do. They know what Jairus has asked Jesus. And so there is a crowd following Jesus and Jairus over to Jairus' house because they want to see what is about to go down. And then there's an interruption. There's an interruption in this whole thing. And a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, and you can read this as menstruating for 12 years. This is what is going on. And she's, she's tried everything. She's gone to all the doctors. This and the Gospel of Luke both tell us that she has spent everything that she has to try and be healed from this. And it's still there. She, she has a chronic illness. And she touches Jesus' cloak. And she's healed. And Jesus has the audacity and this huge group of people to say, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples, rightly so, are like, are you serious? Like, you see all of these people, and yet you can still ask, who touched me? Like, there's so many people around you. Everyone is touching everybody. We're just trying to go with you because we're excited to see. uh, Who cares who touched you? But Jesus is is persistent here. No, I want to know. I want to know who touched me. Who touched me? And so the woman seeing that Jesus wasn't just going to let this go. She was hoping for like a a touch-and-go situation, right? She just wanted to touch and be gone, be healed, and just be done with the whole thing. Jesus stops. And it was as if Jesus wasn't, wasn't happy enough with just healing this woman. He wanted to hear her story. And so Jesus lets this woman speak, lets, lets her tell her story, and then says, woman, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. I, I want to I just push pause here for a second. Because <clears throat> I think if we don't, we can kind of lose ourselves in this miracle. Because this is an amazing miracle. Right, this, is, this is super cool. That even just the touch of Jesus' cloak can heal this woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. But I want you to stay in Jairus' shoes. Remember, Jairus... It's all about timing at this point. Jairus has a daughter that is dying at home. There's an urgency in Jairus. And Jesus has no urgency. Jesus has no urgency at this point. Jesus is like, hey, I, he- I just healed someone. Someone touched me and they got healing. I want to I stop. I want to I hear the story of this woman. You can imagine Jairus here at this point. I mean, Jairus doesn't, doesn't want to just, just stop. Jesus has no sense of urgency. You can, you can just imagine being in Jairus' shoes, the sense of angst that is overcoming you right now, because why are we standing here? Right. 
possibly in this town, people know this woman. They know that she has a chronic illness. Now you can just imagine Jairus being like, oh, can we just, just push pause here? I mean, no offense, but you've been bleeding for 12 years. My daughter could die any minute now. Can we just spend 30 minutes, go heal my daughter, and then come back? Right? Pretty sure you're still going to be bleeding. That's going to be okay. And we can heal you after the fact. But my daughter is dying right now. Can we go now to my daughter's house, to my house? I, I need to heal this. I need my daughter to be healed. Can you imagine an ER doctor doing what Jesus just did? That ER doctor would not be an ER doctor very much longer. Which one is the more urgent thing? There's a, do- there's a girl that is dying. Or there's a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years and just has tried everything but hasn't been able to be healed. Which one is more urgent? Every single time, every single one of you would agree with me, the daughter is more urgent. Jesus chooses to stop in the middle of this crowd and who touched me? And hear this woman's story. And then to make it worse, verse 35 comes along. And while Jesus is still speaking to this woman, some people from Jairus' house come and they say, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. Now stay in Jairus' shoes. What has just happened? I mean, this is, this is just the letdown of all letdowns. Your daughter's sick. She's about to die. Jesus is in town. You go find Jesus, and Jesus is following you to your house to heal your daughter, gets sidetracked with this other woman, and now your daughter's dead. I mean, this... I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine... what he's going through. I mean, as a father, this just breaks me. That feels a little bit like a front parking situation and a green light situation in the midst of my urgent, deep, strong situation. But Jesus, hearing what was said, looks at Jairus and he says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. You've got to trust me. Don't stop trusting me. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting in me. And the amazing thing is that he does. Even though it seems like Jesus' timing is off, even when it seems like God is not making sense, Jairus says he he continues to bring Jesus to his home. Where no longer is his sick daughter waiting, it's his dying water, his dead daughter waiting there for Jesus. Just seems like the timing is off, right? Have you ever noticed that everyone's timing is just a little bit different? Some people are super early people or on time people, but they would call themselves early because early is on time and on time is late, right? You know any of those people? Yeah? If you're that kind of person, would you just show your hand? Yeah? Yeah? All right. That's not like me, right? I'm a late person. I am, uh, I just, I'm, I don't do it on purpose. It's just the way I am. I, I, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure the term fashionably late was made by someone like me who is just kind of late all the time, you know? So everyone is, everyone's timing is a little bit different. And I think it's funny that God puts usually two people with different timings together, right? Me and my wife, opposite people. My wife is super on time, very punctual, and I am like, yeah, we'll get there, you know? Uh, but God, God's timing is kind of like that, I feel like. I think sometimes our timing and God's timing feels just, it just feels like there's something off. It just doesn't make sense. Why is that? Because honestly, I mean, we're, we're pretty small-minded people as human beings. We see the now. We see the near future. Sometimes we can look at the, the distant future, right? But it's, it's kind of just like a that might happen out there. We can plan for that to happen, but we just don't know, right? Where we're living is now, and where we're living is near future. God is not living in those time constraints. God sees big picture. God sees the big picture of what is happening here. And so I want us just to, to think about this. Trying to impose our sense of timing is going to be super frustrating for us. If we're trying to pose our sense of timing onto God, God, I need this now, I need this next week, I, I need this by this day, right? It's going to be super frustrating for us because God doesn't go by time limits that we go by. God is not constrained by time in the same way that we are constrained by time, but a persistent faith understands this. Having a faith that is persistent does not determine the timing of God's response. Here's the, the second thing I think that that it is not. Persistent faith is not. Persistent faith not only doesn't determine the timing, I don't think it determines the nature of God's response. I don't think it determines the nature of God's response. I mean, when you, when you go to Jesus, isn't it funny how most of the time things don't work out the way you think they're going to work out? You're praying for something, you're seeking God for something. And sometimes your prayer is answered, but it just is answered in a weird way. Not one you would have seen, not one you would have expected. I think that happens all the time. And if we think about that, these two main characters, right? Jairus was looking for healing. But Jairus got to experience a resurrection on this day. Right? This woman who was bleeding for 12 years, she was looking for healing. Like I said, she was looking for kind of a, just a touch and go. She, she didn't want to be the face of anything. She didn't want to like, cause an uproar. She just wanted to, to just touch his cloak. She didn't even want to raise her hand and say, Jesus, can you heal me? She just wanted to say, I touched him, and that's good enough. And now I'm out. Kind of right off into the sunset being healed. But she gets to just experience this complete transformation. I mean, like I said, she's in, she's in town where probably after 12 years of going through this, most everybody knows what she's going through. And so she touches Jesus' cloak and she's healed. And you can imagine her just being able to stand up and say, it was me. Even though she didn't want to, it was more than a healing that she received on that day. That was a whole life transformation for her. Because now she can be accepted into this community again. She can, be, she can have contact with these people again. There were some really crazy laws back then about bleeding. Right, she can have a life again. Jesus just, just basically gave her a new life. 
It wasn't what she was expecting. She was expecting a healing. She got something so much more than just a healing. It's as if Jesus was saying, don't just come to me to get your needs met. I can transform your whole life. Neither got what they expected, but being persistent doesn't determine the way in which God responds. It doesn't determine the nature of God's response. But, so, so those are two things that, that persistent faith is not, right? Persistent faith doesn't determine the timing or the nature of God's response. So what does it mean to have persistent faith? And I think really, it's, it's, persistent faith is really just seeing God's response in light of this bigger picture. And it's weird to look through the lens of the bigger picture because we don't see the bigger picture. So we have to understand that God does see the bigger picture and that God has a bigger plan. Right? We see, like I was saying, the now and the near future. We, we're finite, but God sees the big picture. And what persistent faith comes down to is this, is knowing that God's plan for my life is better than my own plan for my life. My plan pales in comparison to what God has for me. And it's living knowing that and trusting that and really truly believing in that to the sense of I I can live my life with this principle knowing that God's plan for me is much better than any plan that I could ever come up with for my own life. I mean, Jairus, he says, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. It doesn't make sense. People, people don't come back from the dead. People, people don't come back. My daughter was sick, but you're late. Where were you? It reminds me of Mary and Martha. Where were you? If you would have just been here, my brother would be alive. That's in John. Jesus is late on a couple occasions and has to bring people back to life, right? That's just one of them. But where, where were you? Uh, my daughter was only sick, but now you're late, and so now, now she's dead. But I believe. I still want you to come to my house. I still believe that you know what you're doing. I still believe that your plan is better than my plan. I still believe in the power that you have. I still believe in you. I mean, you can look at this woman. She knew she could be healed. The doctors couldn't do it. She tried for 12 years. She spent literally every penny that she had trying to be healed. But Jesus came to town. And she knew, if I just even touch his cloak, I'm going to be healed. I mean, talk about persistent faith. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be healed. And what does it look like for you to have a faith that is persistent? What does it look like to, to have this sort of faith? I mean, this, this woman was persistent, and in the end, what was it that saved her? Jesus doesn't say, because you touched me, you will be healed. What does he tell her? Because of your faith, you're healed. What is it that you've been praying for for a really long time? What is it that you've been chasing for a really long time. You've just been, just been giving this to God. You've been saying, God, if, if, I just want to pray for this person. Would they be saved? Would you just give me someone to talk to? Would you give me someone to, to bring into your kingdom? Would you bring me someone to share my faith with? God, would you, would you bring this person into the faith? 
God, would you heal this person? They've been struggling with this for so long. Would you just, would you heal this person? What is it that you've been praying for for a really, really long time? And maybe you've lost hope. Maybe you've come to the point where it just feels like God doesn't make sense, where it, your prayer just feels like it's hitting the ceiling. God, I'm praying for this for the thousandth time, and you haven't heard me yet. Maybe this will be my last time. I, I, my hope for you is that you would have a persistent faith, understanding that God's timing is bigger than any of our timing, that, that God's timing is so much bigger and more knowledgeable. He sees the big picture. We see the now. Keep that in mind. Keep that in perspective as you pray, and as you seek him, and as you pray for certain things to happen. They might not happen now, they might not even happen in the near future, but keep praying. They might not even happen in your lifetime. Hebrews chapter 11 is, is we, we affectionately call it the hall of faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11 it says, some of these did not experience the promises that they were given but they believed. They continued to go after them. And the promises were fulfilled. I think of Abraham, who in Genesis chapter 12 was promised, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. And to this land I will give your people. Abraham never experienced that land. Moses didn't even experience that land. It didn't happen until much later, but Abraham lived his life knowing, and I'm sure praying, for the fulfillment of this promise. Here's how I know that. Abraham had a son named Isaac when he was super old and physically probably not super capable of having a kid. It was his firstborn. After he had received a promise from God that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars, and, as, and if you could count the sand, you could count your descendants. He ha finally has a son, and God calls him to sacrifice his son. And we read in Scripture that Abraham goes up, and he, he has the knife in his hand, and he's ready to do it. He trusts God so much so. And in Scripture tells us that Abraham reasoned that God could even raise him back from the dead. That his promise would remain fulfilled even if he lost Isaac. He believed in the promise. He was persistent in that faith. He chased it, and he knew it, and he never stopped. What is it that God is calling you to? What is it that you're chasing? What is it that, that you've been praying for? My prayer for you this week is that you would remain persistent. That you would chase after it and not lose faith when it feels like God isn't listening and not lose faith when it feels like your prayers are just hitting the ceiling and, and God, what are you doing turning lights to green? And why, why, what is this front parking spot? Like, who, who cares about a front parking spot? Like, answer my big, deep prayers, God. My prayer is that you would just be persistent. Continue in prayer. Continue asking. Continue seeking the face of God. And God will fulfill his promises. My prayer for our church is that we are a people with persistent faith.
that continue on even when it feels like God doesn't make sense. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, sometimes you don't make sense. And I think it's okay for us to tell you that. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes it seems weird. Sometimes it feels like you're distant. Sometimes it feels like you're ignoring us. Sometimes it feels like you don't care. But God, this morning, would you just remind us that you do? Remind us that you love us. Remind us that you care. Remind us that you've heard every word that has come out of our mouth. God, would we stay strong? Would we stay persistent in our faith? Would we continue chasing after what you're calling us to? Would we continue in prayer over these, these big, deep things that we're praying for? And would we not lose hope, God? God, we give you praise because we know that your plan for our life is better than our plan. Will we trust in that today? And would that give us the hope and the courage and the boldness to go forward? God, we love you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And let me just leave you with this, this blessing from God. You just hold your hands out and just receive this blessing. May our God, our God of hope and love, remind you this week that he hears you, that he cares, that he loves you. And with that knowledge this week, I encourage you to be bold to make a difference in your community wherever you may find yourselves. Go in the strength of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for coming this morning.